0: Welcome to the Meeple Syrup After Show, Designers Discussing Design, Episode 71, the episode of Biblical Proportions. And we just had a great show with Philip and Patrick chatting about their games and talking about uh, different themes, specifically talking about uh, religious themes and faith and how that might influence and interact with being a game designer and with games. Oh, and wonderfully, we also managed to get David... Uh, I would Come like on. to say, we need to give you a title, dude, because, like, maybe he, he brings the boom or something. Like, I don't uh, know,
1: the, the uh, High Minister of Audiology. Audiology. Right. Uh, that sounds but uh,
0: because of, David, for anyone who doesn't know and anyone that enjoys our show on iTunes, well, you have David to thank because Sen and I were not um, – well, Sen probably was – but I was not competent enough to figure it out. And thankfully, David came to the rescue and helped us get um, our our acting gear uh, for our listeners who like to listen to the show when they drive or just on their iPods or whatever you know, or way. don't really
1: want to see my ugly face. Yeah, you just know. don't
0: want to see us. And I don't blame him. So uh, we're thankful for all the work he does. And, and David's often on the chat interacting with people who've thrown us questions. So I said... David, get in here. Let's uh let's have uh, have you here, catch up a little bit, give a plug for the iTunes, and also just hear what you've been up to. So um, yeah. Thanks, nice for, thanks for having me,
2: guys. Always Not
0: welcome. A
1: problem, sir.
0: So um one one thing that I I can't remember if it was David or someone else that said uh, right near the end of the chat, and I thought it was a, an awesome and hilarious uh, question. Uh, was it you David that was the G, the the suggestion of uh, Jesus Must Die?
2: Yeah, yeah. it was so, sort of in, uh, to, to, uh, Phil's question, because he was sort of talking about, um, you know, how it would be offended or whatever, and I'm like, would, you know, would that be the
0: case? Right, because sp- he's working on hitting must die, and so then the question that came up in the chat, which I thought was great, was, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think if the game was called Jesus Must Die, and... It's funny, because I hear that, and I go, yeah, that would be an interesting game, because that would be for totally different reasons that I think Jesus must die. So, I'm yeah, curious. Wouldn't,
1: wouldn't that be to, you know, Jesus must die to reconcile <laughs> our sins and all yeah. that kind of stuff? Well, like, that was that?
2: part of the conversation in the chat, and that was, you know, sometimes people don't give a game a chance based on what they perceive the context is right. without even trying it. So. I mean, obviously, if I tried one and it was really about being vicious and killing Jesus, that might be a turnoff versus him, sure. you, know, you know, taking care of our sins. And so, <laughs> but if I don't try, I don't know this, right? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there's
3: actually a lot of potential in that because you can you can work both sides of the issue. You know, you could have teams as you know the Romans politically maneuvering and the the Jewish you know Sadducees versus Pharisee dynamic going on. There's actually a lot of interesting ground and material to cover with something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, the, you heard it there first. I mean, there's the, the catalyst of ideas. Uh, even on the show, if someone design that game and and send us a print and play, and we'll... Uh, we'll uh, we'll play it, we'll, we'll it on, our,
1: on our Twitch stream.
0: Yeah, we'll play it on our Twitch stream. We just set up our Twitch stream for anyone. You haven't done anything with it yet. We did? I
1: this, did.
0: Oh, good. I, so,
3: I, I sure as did. I did. Uh, so, oh, you know, I forgot to mention the print and play. My bad. Oh well, My you didn't oh, that. go ahead. Okay, so the the game, the social deduction game I mentioned on the show, uh, tentatively called Unauthorized. We have a print and play version. Uh, if people are interested, they can get in touch with us through the website, and I'll email you the. It's like three pages of rules, takes two decks of cards, and there's a label thing that you can print out to put on some of the cards. So really easy to put together, and we'd love to get your feedback. So if anybody's interested out there please contact us through the website and we will get you the print, uh, the print and play copy.
1: Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> of course, Paul um, has joined the chat and he said a couple other things. Like, what about One Night Ultimate Savior <laughs> instead of One Night Ultimate Werewolf? I actually think he, well, he's, he's serious.
0: <laughs> there's borderline and all of these things of good ideas and then cheesy ideas. And I, I'm surprised we didn't actually get into this yet. Uh but I can think of a few games that were just like pure reskins to make mm-hmm. them like Christian
1: versions. Yeah, well, um, it's like the kind of game? games that you see in like uh, you know, Christian bookstores. Yeah,
0: right? and so like I remember the first one that I saw was Settlers of Canaan. Yep. Have
1: yeah. Have any
0: have any of you played that game? I have.
1: No, Patrick actually just mentioned it. You haven't played it, Patrick?
3: I have not, but I've seen that one. I've okay. heard of that one and I've heard of uh I think it's called Ark of the Covenant. That's a reskin of Carcassonne.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. So yeah. the, the the Settlers of Canaan. right off the bat, i got to say, anyone, if you're thinking about buying that, do not buy that game. And I'm sorry <laughs> to whomever designed that, but sorry. Design a game on your own where, like, you actually go through the work. This, the The main beef that I have with this game, and I'm just going to go on a little mini rant here, is they totally didn't respect or, like, take... The game Catan serious. They didn't look at the game and say, "Why is this game great?" Instead, they just literally ripped it off and then pasted on what they were their agenda was. and the this the instant sign of that was I remember opening it up, being really excited. I was just getting new into games. I bought it actually because I was a youth pastor, and I thought i you know I could use this at my church um, as like part of our game times. We were getting more and more like game nights. And uh, I thought, oh, like, I'll include this. So I opened it up, and there's no hexes. It's a fixed board. Oh, And that's it, weird. It, it was like, wait, the whole concept of Catan is this modular experience of, like, variety. And I realize now, like, they've gone, they've grown it into scenario bases, and there are, like, actual fixed boards now. But the whole idea was they really wanted to push this agenda, and they didn't want to have to do the work of, like, creating rules, so they just adopted what was popular and just tried to, you know, tweak it into, hey, and you collect gold and you build a wall. And, like, it was...
1: It's uh, funny. Uh, Jason Kingsley on the feed is saying that Klaus Tuber is credited as the designer for that.
0: Well, I I wonder if he did it or if... uh, if someone else approached him. I mean, maybe he did it, and then it's just a horrible example of Catan to me. Yeah. Interesting, it was, interesting. It was like, what? This is, no, this is... I felt like it was a cash grab. That's what it felt like.
1: Let's talk cash about cash grabs. grabs. Um, <clears throat> what game that is uh, on a religious bent would you not do because it would be instantly seen as a cash grab? What do you think?
3: Hmm. That's a tough question, it's yeah, really tough
1: I
0: mean it's tough because it's motives, right like it is like if I knew that was the whole point, like you know a company's just trying to squeeze every dollar out of it, and that mm-hmm. was their intent then yeah, yeah like, I'm, not, like, really, I'm not a fan
3: I really think it boils down to how much of the game uh is is solid game and how much of it is just a a blatant appeal for you know for a specific market like and I, I know you mentioned this earlier but the you know if like for example if there's a major movie or major TV show that comes out like the 80 series did really well in the US or there was that movie you know uh, with Russell Crowe uh, about Noah's Ark and if right. you just you know stole it and threw it together and it was a really terrible game that I would call a blatant cash grab because you haven't put the time and the effort into actually making something that is worthwhile as a standalone product.
1: So Jesusopoly yeah. is off the table? Yeah, yeah. Jesusopoly feels wrong. Or like,
0: uh, or, or or two Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have <laughs> my twelve apostles minis, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't talk about, which is funny, actually, uh, talking about Noah's Ark. Uh, a Rob Bartell game two by two. Oh yeah, two by two. Which is interesting because I remember when it first came out, I discovered it and I thought, oh, this is actually a really great family-friendly game, and Rob's a great designer. uh makes sense. And I remember asking him at the time how he found his sales in the Christian market, and he didn't really have any sales in the Christian market and couldn't seem to break in and. It is
3: hard. It is
0: that is a an interesting into tough distribution in scenario. the
3: board game market. is hard for a small company getting into distribution on the Christian side is nearly impossible.
0: Why uh, is that? We have,
3: well, it's just a disorganized
0: market. It's, oh, okay. I was gonna say, to there's down. a lot of independents, a lot of little stores that aren't connected. Like,
3: like, so for example, then, then there's two extremes, right? You have an alliance equivalent. Yeah. It's oh, in, in the
1: Christian book market. Okay, Life, yeah. Life it's way.
3: called Ingram Publishing, but to get with them, you have to have had $50,000 worth of sales in the last year to even be eligible to talk to them. So, so is that like the Amazon gross model? Or? Yeah, uh, I guess. I, I don't know. We were <laughs> no, nowhere those. even close. So it, wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it,
1: was a, it was a moot point. Come on. Yeah,
3: exactly. And then on the other side, there are uh, smaller... Uh, distribution stores that don't hit the chains. So like we have actually worked out a distribution deal with a Christian distributor and their primary audience is all of the independent stores that are not attached. But that yeah. means they don't hit you know Lifeway or Mardell or Family Christian or Parable right, right, right. which yeah. are your bigger market shares. So it is it is a very hard nut to crack.
1: And on that's like Christian gonna be hit and miss with purchasing yeah. and not purchasing in volume, they might buy, like, four or something, right? So, yeah. And it'll be dribs and drabs, and there'll be floods of, you know, Christmas, oh, we got to get stuff, and then yeah. nothing, right?
3: Maybe Easter, I don't know. Oh, we'll, yeah, see. Yeah. We'll, yeah, see we'll, we'll see we'll how see, that yeah. all works out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, before I forget, Patrick, I did want to mention something to you, and I forgot to mention it to Philip, but I'll just email him. Uh, one thing that uh, I've been enamored with uh, over the last little while, uh, using it educationally, uh, I'm a college professor, so I don't homeschool my kids in college-level stuff. But um, we've been using this thing called BreakoutEDU. Mm-hmm. Uh, BreakoutEDU.com. Go check it out. It's uh, If you've ever done like an escape room, okay. it's that in reverse. And so you break into a box. And it's students who are doing that. And it's really educationally driven. Uh, BreakoutEDU is an open-source game. Box just the components, you get the box, you get locks, and if you get the set from them or order off the list that they'll just supply you with, this is what you need. Um, all the games that are on their website, you can just take and use with your box. Um, and they're designed by other K-12 to teachers and now college level stuff um, for specific subjects like Engineering or mathematics or literature or things like that. So the homeschool teacher. I think that way. Yeah, Yeah. I think that'd be really cool for uh, people who are looking for an interesting activity to do with their their kids in a homeschool setting that is gamified, is you know educational, has a lot of content that's designed by other people, and then if you design content, then you can share it with the rest of that community who also uses. That breakout edu box. So, anyways, it's just uh, something that I thought I'd share with you. I was thinking about yes. it, I forgot to do that. So, yeah, take a look. Um, so back on back on the topic of religious stuff, do you guys get upset at all when you see, you know, other other? Is is there a divide between gamers and? Christian gamers do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, interesting question. I mean, I, I mean, I'll, ju- I'll jump in first and say, uh, no, I I hope not. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand sometimes there will be divides, uh, but for the most part, I have found from my experience that there's a lot of just people being inclusive and kind and trying to be a, a strong example of just you know loving you know, kind people, and and you find that some of them are, you know, of certain faiths, some are not. Um, I would find also that when it comes to game taste, most of the time, people are pretty wide open to try whatever, and then uh, they're usually more offended by a game that sucks, and which I, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, like, like, if I see a Kickstarter and it's got Jesus, but it, the game's, like, embarrassing, like, that makes me cringe way more than something that, like, is, you know, in a certain genre of, like, you know, demons playing for, you know, Hell's Gates. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm like, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see what that game is. If it's a good game, I'm going to like the game. But um, maybe that's also how I'm wired because I think, you know, we should all listen to each other and understand where each other are coming from. But I, I find that's pretty common. I think uh, this is my theory is that a lot of gamers... Um or not I yeah, I would say a lot of gamers have probably experienced bullying or or being picked on for something in their life. And and a lot of us have learned, wait, like inclusiveness is a better way to go. And that could be anything from being into like that niche nerdy thing. That could be that, you know, people were really smart and they achieved well and so there was, you know, this stereotype of, you know, throughout the last you know, few generations that, you know, if you're smart, you experience a little bit of suffering through things like high school. If you were into, like, the uncool thing, then you experience, you know, some suffering. And through that, I find the gaming community has learned how to be a a better place. So that's, that's one of my theories.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me personally... Oh, go ahead, Patrick. No, go, go, go. Uh, yeah, for me personally, I, I mean, I'm sort of there with Daryl. Um, the one thing that I've noticed, which might actually be reversed, I think uh, the community that's also very religious-based or has that faith are actually even more accepting, and if anything, some of the people that are not may, like, just exactly what the games may turn their heads on, right. oh, you're playing religious games, I'm not going to, I don't want to be part of that and just walk away. Yeah. And so it, it... it it's not horrible, like, I don't think that's always the case, but it's, if anything, that's where the separation might be. Yeah.
3: A bit. I think you can, it really boils down to, you know, that that people are people, and when, when you get people together, you, you have a range of experience. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, and so I, I would say that a lot of our toughest criticism actually comes from, you uh, Christian gamers because they have been so burned by bad yeah. games in the past that they have yeah. they almost have a higher barrier to entry than a lot of sure. uh, not Christian gamers go which is why I think what you said is so true it boils down to you know what's the quality of the gameplay what's the quality of the production you know yeah. how is the art have have you invested your time uh, into creating a product that is that it stands on its own two feet
0: Absolutely. I think also another... Yeah, I think we lost Sen, but hopefully he'll jump back in. I'm not sure. Or we'll call it a show soon. It might even automatically, if he doesn't get back soon, it might close down on us. Um, but... I, Oh, Sen's messaging me saying his internet's blowing up. So we'll see. It might it might stop on us automatically, or it might have jumped controls to me, but um, one thing that I, that I found really interesting, and this has been a little subtle thing that I've always looked for. I don't know if you've ever done this. Um, but look in the credit section and thanks section of rule books. This was, a, this was a thing for me. I remember actually the my first game, Walled City, I wanted to say something that was religious in my thanks section, and the publisher said no. Hmm. And I, I was really surprised, and I ended up finding a creative way of saying what I wanted to say in a respectful way for them, uh, which ultimately that was my goal you know I want them as happy as well like I don't want to make them uncomfortable uh, making a product and for them they just feared any negative ramifications as Patrick was mentioning before about how you know some publishers are leery of of religious subject matter same thing they were concerned with being offensive in any way um, I'm curious if you've ever noticed uh, creative things and I'll, I'll point out one that I really loved and that was a uh, that was um oh, what's the the bug game Hive Have you ever noticed in Hive they say they say like a little thank you because the game's like dedicated to like the beauty of like creation and like all all the bugs of the world you know like this nice little kind of respectful way and it made me actually appreciate like the bugs. game even more because it it made me go yeah bugs are awesome so yeah, you know, that's are awesome. That was like kind of this beautiful way of saying like this was inspired by, you know, by a, an appreciation of of God's creation. So Any of you seen or seen any kind of interesting uh, credits or thanks in a game for a faith or religious kind of shout out?
1: That's interesting because, like, you know, like on uh, award shows, everybody's always thanking God, right? Yeah,
0: so. yeah. So that's why I was, I was kind of curious if anyone had done this. No, I've not and, paid attention. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, well, t- people take a look. I mean, there's some interesting ones. I originally figured, found that out too. I was looking at uh, oh, what's the what's the name? I nothing of the official name, but it's the Kate Cudden game, designed by um, Allers.
1: Oh, Jeffrey's game? Uh I can't even remember. Oh, that's gonna bug me. All this Piece
0: <laughs> of Cake. Piece of cake.
1: That's right. And
0: uh and he did a little comment and then I found out afterwards connecting with him, he would even have like uh things at conventions where sometimes they would have like prayer things or little chapels or services, and I thought that was really neat connecting connecting the dots there. So so that was encouraging.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas for a uh, uh, well? Actually, let's talk about Akua. Oh
0: yeah, actually, I was thinking about it. Um, this is a game that I'm I'm designing, and I have Andrew Enriquez um, helping me develop it. And it is set in the Polynesian gods. Uh, so you know, Patrick being in Hawaii, we didn't we we were fascinated by these different uh, legends and stories and myths. of, uh, You know. Uh, of Pele and, and Pono and, and all these different uh, stories. And so we started making uh, this game called Akua, and it's all about the different Polynesian gods. And uh, for us.
1: Um, maybe, maybe maybe Patrick can clee in on some of those. When it, yeah, maybe annoying. he can give you a source as
0: well. We <laughs> I'm just, only here for a week.
1: Only <laughs> a week, alright. Well, I mean, the cool thing
0: is, Andrew's son is named Akua and has always been curious about you know, the the history there. And so we spend tons of time exploring the, you know, the history of the myths and the folks folklore because we want to be really respectful. I mean, here's something where, we, you know, yes, we're making a game, and so it's it's not, you know, the religion. We're not teaching all the folklore. But we also want to do it in a way that we can say, you know, we designed this from a knowledgeable place, not from a, you know, as, uh, as it was asked earlier cavalier, you know, like we, we want to know where it's coming from and uh, so each of our cards for instance are all these different little minor deities and, and we have these major deity cards and uh, yeah, so it's been an adventure but but we've been very mindful of uh, being sensitive to, to the legends and, and trying to be respectful of people's beliefs in that.
2: Hmm. Is it also to do with more of the
0: authenticity and,
2: you know, the Actual experience that you're trying to build. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think games are great when they when they connect to you know a history. You know, it roots games. I mean, yeah, like when you like see,
1: the history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like it, well, exactly.
0: the non-Michael Bay version. You know, right. Like that Yeah, makes I mean, you feel of, better. Okay.
1: So, if you don't know why all the turtles in this picture have red. Bandanas or red masks. <laughs> you ain't down with the old school. That's all I'm saying. down with with the East man. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I know so, 1982. That's a beautiful back. I know. I, I looked at that number. Said so that's kind of interesting. But uh, so they're doing well. So we, we just have to keep on checking this one.
0: <laughs> Sen, wow. Sen and I are curious if they're going to hit the 250 in in. That's amazing. In that's in amazing. one day. Because I'm totally today. gonna
1: hold like my my eighty dollars over Nate's head. Say so, yeah, I will I will back it, but you know, <laughs> you may you may want to go you, for the you, deluxe
0: version, dude. You got to do at least
1: ninety now. Those yeah. early birds are gone. Yeah, right? the eighties are oh. gone. Oh, they are. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see how far gone they are.
0: <sighs> Whoa!
2: You do this. Do the, the seven fifty, son.
0: The seven fifty. Oh yeah. my word! But honestly, when you think about it, it's Kevin Eastman unique art. You're yeah. getting a one-of-a-kind one front cover from him.
1: From the guy who, you know, is having of the creator that, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's, that's, well, you know what, because you'd pay quite a bit for a commission.
0: That's what I mean. If you went to a, a convention, you're going to pay that. If well, you walked you up to that. Him, but well, I'm money. not going to just because I'm poor, but, but I want you pay to. pay a lot, yes.
1: I would definitely pay a lot if I had money. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think is, have there ever been any, um, you know, very overtly religious themes game like from a Christian standpoint uh, on Kickstarter that you know of? Oh yeah, there was well, one. Kings of Israel
3: is a that's more on the Jewish side, I guess, Old Testament, but uh, that was on Kickstarter. I think that's the one that's raised the most to this point. Yeah, and that it was just a really over
0: a really bad salvation one where it was like. Rings of Salvation, and you had to work your way in. I uh, I can't remember the name of it, and it did not fund. But oh sounds like the,
1: it sounds like the opposite of like you know the nine levels of hell. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it was a <laughs> doozy. it was like one of those where the guy did the video and he was like, "This is so obviously so going to be purchased by every human on Earth," and it was like, "Ooh, I hope so not. obvious, yeah." <laughs> so actually, that's a, that's a question I
2: have for Patrick. How hard is it to get other people to review your stuff? That's a so great that's,
3: question, Dave. That's an interesting question. Um, we actually had pretty good luck, but I think, as in with every design, you've got to do your homework about, you know, which people are going to like uh, what style of game. So uh, I actually was... Our Kickstarter owed a lot of its success to Sam Healy. I met him at mm. Origins, uh, and he really loved the game. Uh, so he was able to do a preview for us, and that was a huge breakthrough. But we got a game, we got a review from Father Geek, uh, yep. and we got a review from Theology of Games. And I actually reached out to Rado um, specifically because I wanted an outsider's perspective on Commissioned. Uh, but he he said that it, w- it was a little too much for his wife, so he was not willing to do the review, which is fine.
2: Yeah.
0: You
3: know, everybody's got their, their limits, but uh, the important thing was to try to get enough reviews from a, a wide array of people so that uh, you know, the, the customers looking at the game would overcome the fact that we are a brand new company uh, yeah. and, and actually give us a shot. And, and it worked for us. So uh, I'm you know, obviously very happy with how our Kickstarter performed and, and the fact that we were able to you know fund our, our print run and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a huge deal for us.
1: Mhm. And it could work for you too. Um <laughs> I wonder what uh what you guys think about games or really any product, but games because we're game designers, uh specifically that have that evangelical agenda. What are your thoughts on that? Is that is it a is it kind of a that's a good question. I mean, odd way to do things. Does it leave a bad taste in your mouth? I find it a little odd, and and this
0: is where I'll th- I'll jump in, and and maybe this is my beliefs uh, coming through a bit. Uh, which I mean, we we were trying to be a little neutral on the first show and just really uh, be inclusive and an open mind. But here's my personal views: is that I find it a little uncomfortable that a game would be doing evangelism when I think it's it's m- my role as a Christian to 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 love people and care for people, not the board game, and that if people want to talk about things or learn more, like, I want someone to want to know more, like, to ask me a question instead of me forcing them into the question. So that that's a little bit of kind of bleeding through maybe my opinions. I understand and respect people that are really excited about what they believe and they want to share it with others, and I think that's great. But I think there there's a level of tact and i think that there's a level of respect in that you do not want to push your beliefs down on someone because realistically no one takes a a belief on that's forced on them i mean the reality is we all um have different you know beliefs wherever wherever we are in life and those things only change when we feel safe enough to ask questions ourselves and feel that we have people that we respect that we can turn to so I would rather be in the position where um, someone wants to talk about something than than something like a game. It feels almost shady. It feels, uh, yeah, like, a, like you're, you're coming through the back door. You're trying to trick someone. So,
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I, I absolutely agree. That's uh, and what I said on the show is, you know, what I'll stand by is that we are creating. And experience and not trying to dictate a way a person thinks. So yep. for us, I look at at commissioned in, in kind of two veins, and we, we had two distinct markets that we wanted to reach with it. We wanted it to be a game that Christians can explore to learn about some history because yep. it's kind of an there's a, a lot of gaps in, in a lot of Christians' knowledge about that time. Yeah, uh,
0: I think it does a good job of that.
3: And then the second thing we wanted to do is we wanted it to be approachable and non-threatening to non-Christians so that it can be a conversation starter if you want to, or more importantly than that, it is a relationship-building thing, right? When you sit down and play a game with a person, you are building on a relationship with that person. And so if something comes out of that, great. If not, perfect, because now you know that person a little bit better when you get up from the table. So yeah, that's I, think, I think
0: your game character. does that in a really great way. I think it does. It really does both things, so...
1: Hmm. Is there, um, you know, anything theme-wise that would make you kind of leery about making it? Um, that's not an obvious one, but because your your religion, your faith... Would say, you know, you probably shouldn't make that game or design that game. Well, I can think of actually a personal example, while the other guys think um,
0: that I I'm still struggling with in my mind, and it's actually been a um, a challenge to myself for the last few years. But I actually had a friend approach me because of some of the 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 charity work that I do um, in social justice, and uh, I. Uh, have come alongside some different people. I, I worked in prisons for a while, and and this one charity I work with uh, called Circles of Support and Accountability, it's a program that helps come alongside prisoners reintegrating back into society. And uh, one of the things they said was we'd love an educational piece that was like a game-slash-education piece um, that was interactive but felt like a like a strategy game that anyone could play and then have a relationship and talk about it. The biggest struggle was designing a game where the win-victory condition was open-ended. That it was, you didn't have to do the good things to win. Like, I just really struggled with designing a game that was supposed to be educating and encouraging, you know, this program. While at the same time, you could win the game by playing, like, the opposing strategy. And so as a designer, I really struggled with how do you design that game where you're trying to... You do have an agenda of saying, you know, these are positive, healthy steps, and yet, you know, there seems to be some people that live a different way and still seem successful or whatever their win condition is, so...
1: Right. And this is that whole idea that you were talking to me about back when, about uh, about taking the social justice concept and making a game where you know both both agendas shouldn't be viable right but in life they are yeah
0: so i mean that, that was a that was a challenge for me and i'm still I don't actually have an answer for
1: it, but I, no, I, it's because I mean, like, if you looked at it from again, we'll, we'll talk uh, criminal system because that's where this comes from. And if you looked at somebody who was a drug dealer but had, you know, fancy car, nice clothes, a girlfriend, a house, you know, money to burn, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are they winning in life? Right. Versus somebody who decides to get out of that scene and then ends up, you know, working a nine-to-five job at, you know, a low pay convenience store job and you know, yep. are they winning? Right. And so you have to almost subscribe to a belief system yep. in order to figure out what is winning in that case. Yeah.
0: You're, by setting a win condition, you're already uh, setting a bias. You're setting an agenda. And so that scenario, it became it became difficult for me to think how I would design that. So I'm curious yeah. though from the others, you know, when you're thinking of uh, designing games, is challenges like that tough for you guys? Patrick looks like nothing
1: tough for Patrick. No. no.
0: (laughs) He solved this. Let's hear the answer.
3: Well, it boils down to to thought, right? So the problem that you're having with that game design is because the way you're choosing to create the end game forces you to force people to think and value a certain way. Yeah. So, you know, is there a way, for example, like could you make it a co-op game where the the goal is for the players to work together right. to achieve a certain objective, and that way you can kind of get away from the ownership of a specific end game as an individual toward you know progress as a team sure, or, sure. or something? But but it be, you're you're dealing with very dicey stuff there because. You, you, that, was there
1: pun intended there? Intended?
3: <laughs> it may be maybe. Um, but I think you know you're playing with fire in the sense that you are uh, the way you constructed the concept of the game. You're having to make people to value a certain a certain way of thought, and that's going to lose it's going to lose some of the experience right yeah, off the bat because sure. ultimately. You know, when you, for a person coming out of prison, they have a lot of important choices to make. Yep. And to a certain extent, you can choose either, but then how do you replicate the consequences of that choice? Like the drug dealer you mentioned who may be living the high life, but then all of a sudden it gets yanked out from under him. Sure, how sure. How do you model, how well, do you this model is, that This was part of fun,
0: the fun part of that design challenge was, so say you increase the risk or something like that. Like you make it riskier. But, but in a game the greatest moments are when you're doing something riskier and, and you, you pull it off
2: Succeed. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: yeah so so what are you saying then like yeah I played Can't the win, criminal. try I played the criminal and I played the riskiest way and every time I rolled and the fuzz didn't catch me you know like like then it's like this weird opposite reinforcement
1: yeah, so I mean, or I think there's other people on the the chat that are suggesting, you know, automation of the negative win condition, right. Like a like pandemic, so the board pushes back against you, yeah. and I think you know that's what Patrick was sort of suggesting Absolutely. as well in a sort of cooperative vibe yeah. where we all decide this is what we want to do. Um, it just
0: seems then the the co-op challenges pre. Predescribing or influencing the bias right away.
1: Oh, hey, we didn't actually talk about that in the main show. Oh, the alpha so, gaming. Alpha things. game solution. So, Patrick, yes. tell us how you solved that, okay. or how, so, what your team does. It's different.
3: So, here's how it works. In the game, we have, hold on just a second, we have this little wooden token. That's a first-player token that we call the Elder Staff, right? So, it, it passes around. Everybody kind of gets a turn, and when you have this. You are the responsible agent for making the decisions as a for the team. But in addition to that, there's a D8 that controls communications between players because communications in the first century was not an easy thing to do. Sure, I, uh, <laughs>
0: why not cell phones? I don't understand. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 come on, sure. and cell phones
3: what what the result is you are always making decisions for your own deck like you control when the cards are played you control what cards are added into your deck you are always doing that but then you get a you get a time where you have to make the decisions that affect the team as a whole and sometimes you can do that with the help of other people and sometimes you are on your own and the, the fate of the entire team <laughs> hangs on your decision and so it creates some really interesting moments within yeah. the game, and it really cuts down on the alpha gamer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really works. Uh, I loved it.
1: Oh, Daryl's getting tired. That's like a am first. getting tired. It's been a long day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what else is there that we can talk about with religion and theme? Well, um, I am... I'm curious to
0: see, like, do you see this as a a category that, like, is going to become more open-minded? Especially, I want, I'm curious with you, Patrick, with your experience going around and trying to pitch, do you think after a few games are out there that kind of establish, you know, that they're not the doomsday theme, do you think publishers will become more open-minded or do you think it will always be independents tackling it?
3: It's hard to say. Um so for us, what we what we had decided to do after pitching to a bunch of different publishers and and then going through a whole chain of experiences that I could talk about that led us to publish uh, self published commissioned, uh, we decided that we wanted to be the bridge builder between the board game market and the the Christian market because the Christian market could really benefit a lot from secular board games. There's a lot to be gained there and and to build awareness and we thought that we could bring a unique product to the board game side as well Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to establish ourselves as a company that that makes games that are approachable uh, that are a lot of fun and that specifically explore a, a range of issues that address or or confront people who are are walking uh, you know, as Christians and, and things that they uh, can learn about or deal with in a way that is open to everybody to explore. And so right now, we think that we are kind of uh, a, a, almost a sole source uh, yeah. for that. Uh, and and we hope to, you know, just over time, we're in this for the long haul, and yeah. we're going to try to put out, a, you know, a game or two a year and just, you know, see how it goes and, and see what, what how the market responds.
1: So are you interested in publishing other people's games?
3: Yes, actually. Um, we're evaluating a design right now, and I can't say much more than that yeah, that's fair. at, at this it. point. But uh, we are... Uh, it's the first time we've... You know, it was very interesting to go from pitching to being mm-hmm. pitched to. it yeah, was a it's been an interesting transition. So um, we're looking at some stuff right now and working through it. Cool. Uh, and kind of what our hope is that in 2016 we can do the social deduction game that we've designed, and then potentially uh, this other or another uh, designed by another uh, designer or publish a game by another designer. As and are
1: goes. you hoping to use Kickstarter for that? We
3: will, uh, and and that is for two reasons for us. The one is um, you know, simply we're just a small company, and we mm-hmm. don't yet have the capital base uh, to just run print runs on our own resources yet. Um, and th- and the second reason is that Kickstarter actually provides us a uh, a visibility that we cannot get anywhere else as a yep. small... Not only to the board game side, but also to the, the Christian market side because mm-hmm. it is so disorganized. Yep. So it, it is going to be a, a tool that we will continue to use uh, going forward.
1: And will you still be based in, in uh, Korea at that time? Well, no, yes and no. So uh,
3: we are... Uh, we're US, you know, uh, US citizens and all that stuff, and our company is is run out of the US. We just okay. happen to be living in Korea right now. Right, right, right. Uh, but, you know, business-wise, we're all registered in, in the States. So we will continue to operate there, and all of our manufacturing and stuff is run out of the US.
1: Totally. Oh, okay, cool.
3: Actually, though, I, I do have this. I mentioned this because I know you guys live up in the great white north, but Commissioned will now be available in Canada. Hey! Um, so uh, if you guys are interested, Snakes and Lattes is going to be our uh, kind of uh, distributor, or shipper, we're going to we, work with them. and We would have recommended them. them so.
1: Yeah, we would have said, hey, call them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are a sponsor of our show. We are appreciative of their support. They're good, they're we, good people. So
3: They did our fulfillment for our uh, Canadian backers for our Kickstarter, and, and we have started... You know, we ship them uh, kind of a small shipment that we think we'll get through the next couple of months. We'll see what the demand is. But we have gotten a stream of emails from some Canadians, so we're happy to open things up to that market.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Dave, uh, are you working on anything now? Uh, I'm trying to work on a lot of
2: things, and as I told you earlier, I'm just so out of focus lately.
1: Oh, why is that, David? Get in focus. I hear you, It's just me. I, I go
2: through these phases,
1: like Wait. two two and a half months till I see you face to face, buddy. There better be something on the table. That's all I'm saying. My
2: my, my goal agenda is three or four by then. So really,
1: well, that's yeah. good. Okay. I,
2: have, I already have one sort of there. I just need to work out some.
1: Do you is have? That, the, that, is it the one that the, with the, the Vendino I like? Yeah. 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 That, that, awesome. then, I
2: I call it Vendinos. It's like whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, but, like Dominoes, right? Yeah, yeah. I like
2: Dominoes, but nice. Um, yeah. Like so it. that one's pretty much done. I just need to work on some silly, personal grudges I have against it. It's one of those things where I'm sure you all go
1: through You know what, David? Why don't you not? Why don't you not work on anything about that game? Hand it over to Daryl and I. There you go. And we'll crush it. And we'll give it back to you. And then you can work on it from there. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's no, fine. Like I said, it's one of those things where I've played it so many times myself. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Just,
1: just, like. just let it go. <laughs> let it oh, go. You have to just come visit oh, us oh, sometimes, dude. I, I, I have let it
2: go. I'm working on other
1: stuff.
0: good, so, good. I mean, good. You gotta come visit so then we can also work on our game. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a barbecue
1: Where's the barbecue game? I wanna bar- eat I'm so the barbecue pumped. game. I'm so
0: pumped for gathering so we can work on it face to face together. Daryl, Daryl's too busy for it. Shut oh, up! Yeah,
1: because he's, you know, big time, big time DA, <laughs> right? You know? yeah, I'm, just
0: I, I, I'm so pumped for that game, dude. Oh, man. I just wanna eat. <laughs> I yeah, eat yeah, and so
1: dream know. that game all the time.
0: Oh, barbecue. just um, matters. You
1: gotta write it down and you'll be done. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny. Um all the uh the co-authoring that happens. It's it's tough to manage when you're not face to face.
2: I have one question about the whole religious topic that came to mind just a minute ago. Yeah. Um, anybody aware of other religious based games that are out and about? Like yeah. we talked about a lot of Christianity. What's the feel on the other parts
0: of the yeah, world? Yeah, that's a good question actually. I just noticed and it was doing successful when I last saw it, and this is maybe a week ago. But I saw one, and it was... um, Oh, shoot. Why am I drawing a blank on the word now? I just said Descend just before we went there. Ashtaru? No, no. It was a, like a reincarnation. Oh, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The one Car- Karma. No, I want to say Karma.
0: No. Is it Karma? I karma.
1: called it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's actually... So it was it.
0: a Karma game. Let me look while we're talking. But And it was beautiful. Like, the art was stunning. But this whole idea... Of coming back as different animals and different levels, and I was curious about that i would, i mean it's uh it would be a really interesting way to maybe if it's religiously accurate it would be a great way to talk about karma and, and learn maybe f- from that you know what that perspective is and so are you I talking about
1: uh, are you talking about karmaka? maybe that's a Canadian, show it show that's, that's a Canadian thing eh uh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's why yeah. I actually hit my radar. Show it's uh, made by uh, guys out of Toronto. Yeah, that's they what. Did, they did. Yeah, that looks beautiful. App, app designers. It's, it's pretty black. <laughs> it's pretty black. Yeah, that's,
0: this is great. I mean, that's a statement piece, but there it is. Yeah, a hundred
1: thousand. That's incredible. Yeah, like almost uh, you know three. Best in <laughs> and and show.
0: Best artwork.
1: Well the artwork's
0: phenomenal in it. Yeah, the artwork was what caught my eye and I think it was through like Snakes and Lattes Designer Night or something. Yeah. They pitched it up. But look at that thing.
1: Look at stunning. Yeah. And so you climb the the karmic ladder. Now like a dung beetle to a Yeah. recycle theory. I I wouldn't necessarily say it's, you know, Based on a, any religion, looking at it, uh, the principle of re- reincarnation, maybe.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think it's it's taking that principle, yeah, or
1: the concept of. But whether or not it's actually, you know, on a on a religious or faith kind of idea, like I don't know. See, does does this does Eddie Boxerman actually believe in reincarnation? I don't know. Yeah, that that would be the question. Um <clears> to <throat> tweet him. Time to tweet him yeah, Go ahead, time tweet them. I mean,
0: I mean, you can look at, again, we mentioned just briefly Coven by Paul yeah. and the Wicca right. police, you know, and uh, they have, like, a really cool, like, like kind of, like, Pentagon system that he has built into that. Yeah,
1: um, yeah no, I
0: was just easy. wondering,
2: because it's, it's interesting that we talked, about, we talked about this, and it's, I'll say, for the most part, because I know some guys in the Albany area in New York that are very... Into that type of design of uh, Christian based games. And yep. they've had the same problems where it's very hard for them to seem to make headway in the industry.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, de- definitely. It's it's one of those areas that. You know, but it's uh, funny I mean, politics. People just aren't going to touch with a 10 foot pole. Right? And then,
0: yeah, people play yeah. politics. That cracks me up. Yeah, especially and when
1: it's based on American politics. Yeah. How horrible those are. <laughs>
0: I can't yeah. wait for the Donald Trump new game coming oh, out. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: oh my god. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny. There's there it's just like any other topic. I guess you know, personally, this is my own personal take on it and this is I guess you can let my personal beliefs bleed in is that I I play games to escape reality. So I don't I don't want to play games about things that I think about on a, on a regular basis. Right. So, um, you know, so you're not going to make a therapist game. I'm not I'm not going to make a
2: therapy Come on. Game. I I need you to do archetype based game with me.
1: Well, there there's definitely something I mean I, I would use psychology Yeah, to you do make all game. the time. I do, all the the time, ironing, exactly. But I wouldn't make I wouldn't necessarily... I don't I would love there to be more therapy based games, but I'm not going to be the one to make it, I don't think. Right.
0: You want you want that distance. I to, think so to you to more explore the creative other things going on.
1: Well, house. yeah, cuz I I like I like, you know, I don't know what I like. I mean, I know what I like, but I definitely don't want to be the one to make that. Unless it was, I would, I would make something for maybe my wife to use in therapy, but I wouldn't make something that I would use in therapy myself. Um, anyways, there's a. Uh, what other? I mean, I, I don't see. I've never seen a Buddhist game. I've never seen a a Shinto game. I don't Uh, maybe uh, maybe. Maybe Dylan has. I don't know. Uh so true. I feel figure. like I, I can... It would actually be a great question
3: that. for Dylan.
0: Yeah. And Dylan would know better for when it comes to, like, a I, few things. I guess
3: you I mean, could go really old school and consider something like Go a reflection of some of those... Yeah, there's
0: a lot of abstract, idea, right? deep yeah. meanings yeah. behind...
1: Well, I mean, abstract. yeah, I mean, go, go is probably... Like, if you consider Zen, Yeah. well, yeah, if that's really a religion... I, I, is it a faith? A belief? A belief system, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I consider a, a lot of that game. aesthetic, right? But. Yeah, wasn't there that
2: Zen Garden game or something yep.
1: too? Yeah, yeah it, it is. Wasn't Ke- Kevin, speaking of Ninja Turtles and Kevin, wasn't yeah, Kevin. Yeah, he has a rain Zen garden game. He That's has a great rain game. game.
0: Oh man, that thing is hilarious and awesome. I, if you ever if you ever get to meet uh, Kevin and you get and you're like, hey, I'd like to play one of your games specifically asked to play his rain game.
1: Because he will like to play it with you.
0: He loves playing it, and it's totally like this little beautiful game that he made really elegant design. It's a co-op where you legitimately are just like at this really nice peaceful state while you play this game. It's totally chill. You feel like you're just kind of like listening to, you know, raindrops falling, and you play this game, and I've found him two times where he could have sold that game. But either it had to be reskinned or it was like packaged with something. And he's like, "No, I'm just waiting for the moment." When, he, he is very zen about when, his zen when game. when someone just wants to do this zen game. Like it's so, and if you play it, you will be like chill. Like it will
1: come. It, it is funny because that that game really does exemplify Kevin as a person. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. And I mean, when you when you think about Kevin, and we were talking about him earlier, in that he's not, a rock star. not the rock star. This this game kind of exemplifies that as well. Um, that that is really the artistry of Kevin Wilson, uh, at at it, that, at the pinnacle of Kevin Wilsonness, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just looking at the game of Go here, and there's a, a book by William S. Cobb that is about. Let's see, it it says, "The Game of Go: A Path, an Unexpected Path to Enlightenment." Uh, and, you know, Go and its relationship to Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. there there have been long histories of, of games being related in some way. Oh, one, other, one question I did want to ask you guys is, I had, uh, I mean, like, I've been around a lot of people who are of various Christian, um, you know, subcategories or whatever you want to call them. And there's definitely some who are not very fond of gaming. Mm. You know, yes. like, no, we, we can't have dice in the
0: house. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I grew grew up, when I was younger, there was definitely a more common feeling towards um, even... I, I, I used to play... Does anyone remember the, uh, the card game Rook? Yeah. Yes. So Rook, I was taught Rook because it was a Christian card game. And How is that a Christian? Character? I don't know. i maybe, just maybe the designer was. Maybe this was just like people pulling my leg. But I remember being allowed to play that game because Christians were comfortable with it. Same with Dutch Blitz.
1: I was just gonna say Dutch Blitz. Dutch Blitz <laughs> and
0: Rook were these couple of card games <laughs> that were like acceptable, but there was a lot of people that were uncomfortable with cards. Like cards were kind of like almost breached into gambling, mm-hmm. tar- tarot reading, yep. dancing
1: you know like all these like cards and videos. dancing cards against and dancing so,
0: as a kid i remember kind of the it wasn't my mom was never like that but we knew people that you know either enforced that or, or felt a remnant of that and you know oh all, I could,
3: all i could think is that it it is a process that is repeated over and over again <laughs> you know like if you look at uh, C.S. Lewis or, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings or any of those major fantasy series, there's a, as for as much good that's written about them, there was a huge backlash, backlash. at the for time sure. Sure. Yeah. against it. You know, you look at Harry Potter, similar kind of things, you know, and so as you look at gaming when really it picked up in the early 90s, I think you have a similar kind of experience until people actually open up their mind, step back a little bit, and say, okay, well, what is really at issue here? Yeah. Um, and there is so much to gain through board games that I think to dismiss them out of hand is mm-hmm. uh, is being unreasonable. But that's my own personal position. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, it's. Just, I mean, I grew up in the era of D&D is, is the devil's work, right? Right. Um, it's funny, Vince, uh, you know Vince, right, Daryl? Yep, little D. Oh, you should hear him talk he he um he grew up in a uh, quite a religious household, and uh it, it's just interesting to hear his viewpoints on what his viewpoints used to be sure before um he sort of said, and then I woke up yeah and realized that the the part of the religion that was you know of Christianity that was stopping him from enjoying life that he wanted to be part of like play games and things yep. like that was really stifling a lot of other parts of his life sure. and he's he <clears throat> still has beliefs yep. they're not necessarily I don't I don't know if they're better or worse I'm not sure what he would say about that I can't put words words in Vince's mouth um, they're definitely not the same they've definitely changed yep. but is he is he less of a christian is he more of a christian I don't know it, it's a weird question and that's, that's what that's what sometimes bothers me about faith and religion uh, and things like that, when it's supposed to be, this is supposed to be the same God, the same, you know, Jesus, the same all that stuff, or similar, or whatever, and yet one person says, well, you can't play games, and, you know, Dungeons & Dragons is the devil's work, and you're going to burn in hell, and can't have cards at the house, and all this stuff. And other people are saying, what, what's that got to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and then you get boils- this... It yeah, boils down ahead. to the
3: difference between the two words that you mentioned, between faith and between religion. And and mm-hmm. for me, the the dichotomy there is that faith is a relationship, yeah. where religion is a system of rules.
1: Interesting. And, That's uh, a really good way to put it too. Yeah.
3: And I and I for you know for me you know I I believe that my faith is grounded in my relationship with Jesus Christ and any of the of those rules that pull me pull the focus away from that relationship yep. are are distracting. And they probably started at some point for a good reason. And and, yeah. and this is the problem, right? They they started as a protective fence or boundary, but then yeah. people lost the reason for the fence and just started adhering to the fence. And because that's we, have, we got
1: fridges. Get, we have yeah, fridges they and out ice of now. control. We yeah, don't have exactly. to not eat shellfish. Right. Or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. that's a very good way of looking at it. And I, I appreciate that, coming from a, a secular point of view. Uh, so it is getting... Oh, wow, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. It's 108, dude. Yeah, and I
0: still got a prototype. This I uh, still got to cut-up dice. For cut out,
1: incisions. Cut, are you paper-crafting dice? You're just making stickers? No, no, no. I
0: got, a, I got this... I <laughs> uh, Remember the, the dice for first and goal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I had all the expansion teams. Uh, I, pillaged, I pillaged all those dice, <laughs> and I'm turning them all to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle dice.
1: Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that, Steven right. Glenn? I'm sorry. This Steve. is what he's doing to your no, dice? But
0: my No, my, my, my base copy is still right there, first and goal. I just never used the expansion team, so I finally decided, alright, let's repurpose these. <laughs> these uh, let's get them to work. Alright.
1: So, all right, so I guess we're going to call it quits um, just because, wow, is it ever late. Yeah. Um, and I have to get up and make games all day tomorrow, so I know oh, it's
0: a tough life. that's <laughs> rough. Tough. Uh, tough.
1: Man, oh, there we go. Uh, so, Daryl, yeah. do you want to sign us off while I get stuff ready to go?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to encourage uh, both uh, David and Patrick, thank you for being with us, hanging out, chatting, sharing your life. I uh, look forward to hearing uh, what next games come out from you guys. I will be on the lookout. And uh, I want to encourage anyone who's watching, uh, if you got a, a, a christian theme or a biblically-themed game, maybe you need to pitch it to Kara Games. Now we know another uh, publisher that's willing to help bridge that gap. So if you got an amazing game, um, show it to Kara Games and uh, bring some joy to the world. And um, I want to say to David, uh, I'm looking forward to working on our barbecue game, man. I'm so pumped. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> and to the rest of the world watching, uh, keep making some great games, and uh look forward to playing your game soon. Have a good night.